to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, no guests this week. I'm, I'm going to go solo dolo here once again. Uh, I promise y'all, though, next week I'm going to get back to reaching out to people and actually doing some interviews and some fight stories for y'all. But right now I just wanted to tap in with y'all real quick. Like I told y'all, man, it's post-pandemic life is kicking my ass back busy working the shows is coming in and it's like all moving too fast for me after a year and a half of just really doing nothing um because <laughs> they told us to uh what do i want to talk to y'all about i don't know i'm on my way to on my way to get some gas here now because you know that that's a task right now it's like 550 or 450 you know what I mean? These is Republican gas prices. They announced last night that Tom Brady's coming back. And I think he saw where this economy was going and said, man, I need some income in this type of economy. If gas going to be this high, I need to be working. So, yeah, Tom Brady announced he's coming back, which, I, you know, everybody, the easy joke is, man, he spent two months at home with the wife and kids and said, oh, hell no, nah, let me keep working. <laughs> Woo, sometimes the only thing keeping your relationship going is them 10 hours, a day, eight to 10 hours a day that you gone from home, boy. Sometimes you come home, sit down in the middle of that wife and kids and just go, Whew. It ain't nothing else at the office y'all need done. Because, uh, yeah, man, this ain't it. So, yeah, old TB12 decided, you know, two months of being retired was long enough. And he missed the playbook and playing the field, you know. Give you a reason, you know. Like I said, sometimes, hey. <laughs> sometimes that's the best thing for you. Like I said, eight hours a day and... That hour travel to work and the hour travel back, baby, is the only thing keeping your relationship going. Next thing you know, yeah, TB better went ahead and decided he coming back to football, which I'm, I'm against. I say let the new, let the young boys have it, man. Don't make them pry it from your dead hands, man. Let the young boys, let the fucking Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and shit, even Aaron Rodgers and all these other young boys. Who well, I'm thinking of Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. He ain't, they ain't even young, but they vets. But it's like, yo, they're not old either. But it's like, yeah, let them fucking, let them have it. Let Patrick Mahomes and them have it, dog. No way you should be playing from the time that I was in, I think, middle school till now. That it's just like, even when they show him on, you know, he's on game day. You know, they don't even make game day for PlayStation no more. <laughs> he's on game day on PlayStation 1. Graphics blocky as fuck. And he's still here, you know what I mean? antagonizing and tormenting the younger QBs and teams and defenses and it's like bro I get it 
but it's just like walk off when you can. Peyton Manning walked off after two Super Bowls. Was it two straight Super Bowls? And everyone was saying he was declining, but it's like, bruh, he just went to the Super Bowl and, and got you back there again. You know, so it's like sometimes you got to know when to leave. And obviously old TB12 don't know when to leave. It's going to take a lineman, which I know you can't touch quarterbacks anymore, but it's going to take somebody to rock his motherfucking world for him to get the message. And, and, you know, that used to didn't have to happen. You know, Troy Aikman had so many concussions that it was time. And Brett Favre had so many concussions that it was time. But now it's like, uh, don't touch the quarterback. Uh, the quarterback played for 44 years and broke every fucking record that, that existed. But, uh, yeah, man. TV 12 announced he's coming back. It was a good sports day yesterday. KD which I'm actually about to get on my uh, NBA TV here and check out. KD went for 54 yesterday, I think it was. 54, 53, something like that. KD put up a butt, a lot. And I mean, LeBron, a couple nights ago against the Wizards, <laughs> he put up 50. And uh, a couple days before that, he had 50. So LeBron's cooking, you know, the NBA playoffs is coming. Everybody's everybody's heating up, you know, and, and locking in, so it's gonna be interesting to see down the stretch here who takes it, uh, but yeah, KD, KD was looking like the MVP before he got hurt and missed like 20 games, you know, and then the Nets were in first place, and now they got Ben Simmons, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do, because I, I think, you know, KD still one of the best scores and just makes it look easy. I mean, that was a play where <laughs> where he just pulled up on Evan Fournier and then pointed at him and told him, you know, with her fingers, you small, bro, and, and you was close, but the, but you but you wasn't close enough. And uh yeah, man. KD is serious still. Uh like I said, it's going to be interesting to see because Kyrie and him played the other night against um, Philly in some sort of grudge match. And everybody was watching, uh, you know, Harden versus Kyrie and KD and MB, you know, and those were the matchups people were watching. But I'm over here watching uh, Seth Curry, who got traded from Philly to uh, the Nets with Harden, was kind of a throw in. And, I mean, he's played well, Seth Curry, obviously Steph Curry's brother. But Doc Rivers is his father-in-law. He's married to Doc Rivers' daughter. So, essentially, Doc Rivers traded <laughs> his son-in-law for James Harden. Doc Rivers sent his grandkids to Brooklyn for Harden. So, Seth Curry was cooking. I think Seth Curry might have had 30 in that win and I mean Philly took the big L I mean just got embarrassed by the Nets so it's like yo Ben Simmons ain't even played yet now my money's still on Harden and Embiid because I think Hart's got the talent to do it and probably one of the best offensive players we've ever seen and I, I was super underrated passer and Embiid's just passionate man he plays hard like, it didn't matter that Ben Simmons ain't played all year. And B showed up every game and, and dominated. And, I mean, he's looking like the MVP down the stretch. But 
I was just saying, you know, they, they got to do an East-West MVP. It's not fair that, you know, some of these players go so hard and don't get rewarded and only one guy can be MVP. And even in, you know, the NFL, you got offensive, you know, MVP. Well, you got one MVP, but you got offensive player of the year and then you got defensive player of the year. So it's like, you know, you get to spread it around a little more. You got but yeah, you got those different players of the year. And then even in baseball, you know, you got an AL MVP and I think an NL MVP. So it's like, yo, spread it around a little more. It's still a tragedy that, you know, Kobe and Shaq amongst the two of them and however many championships they have, I think Kobe five and Shaq four, that it's like, that's nine championships only one MVP or two MVPs amongst the two of them. And I mean, they dominated an entire era of basketball, you know, and I, when I was growing up. So I think it's, you know, tragic. Steve Nash has two. And I mean, everybody always go, oh, it's a regular season award. But it's like, listen, man, what you do in the playoffs matters and, and kind of counts going into the next year. And, I mean, Giannis has two already. So, when you think about that, and, I mean, Giannis is great. I'm not, no diss to Giannis. Although, like I said, Steve Nash never really produced on the other end any trophies or championships or even made the damn finals. So, I think it's a travesty that he's sitting at home with two MVP awards or rather coaching Brooklyn. But, anyway, you know, yeah, because John Morant deserves one, too. I think Embiid in the East and John Morant in the West. That, you know, John Morant is doing shit that we ain't seen a point guard do since Derrick Rose. And then that's the thing. It ain't that we ain't seen a point guard do it because Chris Paul leads. And uh, Westbrook, you know, when he was not in L.A., was leading. But, uh, yeah, he's doing it in an exciting fashion. You know, above the rim plays that are just crazy. The boy's first step is insane. You know, his uh, jumping ability is insane, you know, at, at the drop of a dime. So, yeah, I'd like to see them split that. So, uh, the dude was arguing with me on Facebook about Jokic. And I'm like, yeah, he's done it without Jamal Murray. and But he's got one already. And I'm like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really... Since Kobe and Shaq only have one amongst them, I'm really against people having multiples that it's like, all right, there are other great players. And then Jokic being white, I know they're going to try to give it to him just like they did Steve Nash, where it's like, all right, cool. But it, in retrospect, it make your league look a little suspect that you got guys that ain't even been to the fucking finals or never made the finals walking around with two. And you got motherfuckers that... You know, one, what, what did it just say, Kobe and Shaq amongst the two of them, nine championships and only two MVPs between them? That it's like, nah, there were times where you probably should have gave it to them. And Jason Kidd not having none after leading the trash-ass Nets to back-to-back -back finals, even though he got demolished, is really a shame. But, uh, and Jokic, Jokic might not finish out the year. Jokic might have to go home to Ukraine and defend the oil or whatever. <laughs> Jokic might have to go fight Putin. He 
seven foot, so I think he qualifies as a super soldier. Anyway, and don't fucking hit me up talking about Jokic ain't, you know, Ukrainian. I fucking know that. This, I'm making the joke, goddammit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what people like to do. They like to make shit real. When the fuck was I talking about? Uh, just that the league is heating up. Like I said, I want to see this KD 50-point game. Like I said, I'm driving around right now, but I'm definitely about to log out and fucking go watch that shit because it's just like a hold, uh, 24-hour hold on the uh, games on the uh, NBA network. It doesn't. If it's nationally televised, then it doesn't show up until 24 hours later. But yeah, I want to check that out. I saw LeBron Friday night have his 50-point game. And I mean, the, the argument's always going to be, and I, you know, I, I, I did an episode on here called, you know, comparison being the thief of joy. That it's like, you don't really understand it till you see it right in front. Because as great a things as LeBron is doing, people still, and I think he just passed, I think he is the all-time leading scorer now, which is scary because he's still got some years left to play. But people can't just say, man, congratulations, LeBron. They got to bring up Kareem. They got to bring up Jordan, which like somebody said, had Kareem came right out of high school and not played four years of college, which was the standard thing for them at the time, Kareem would be the all-time scorer. So it's just like... You know, a compare, comparison being the thief of joy that it's like in his era, they did not do that. You didn't come right out of high school. I think was it Spencer Haywood that challenges the rule? And I think Spencer loses that case and has to play a few years in the ABA. And then when they merged, he finally got in the a NBA. But yeah, that wasn't a thing when, you know, Kareem, you know, Luau Sindor is his real name of like, yeah. You know, went to UCLA and played for uh, it's my man Wooden, Coach Wooden, and you—that wasn't a thing then. You didn't come straight out of high school, but it's like if anybody coulda, it's fucking Kareem. I think they uh outlawed Duncan, so Kareem couldn't play. They outlawed uh, you know, being able to dunk the basket you know that was an illegal shot because of him they said if if you let him he'll dunk it every time and it's like well yeah your job is to fucking stop him so there's that now i'm gonna take a little break here i'm gonna be right the fuck back so yeah it's just crazy that like i said people don't know how to just you just say congrats LeBron and it's gotta be all oh, he didn't pass Kareem and you know a little bit on the part of the old niggas too cause they gotta show up and tell us well Kareem if you know Kareem had a, been able to come right out of high school boy he would've smoked well he didn't that's the reality and then even the young niggas it's like let it go man you know LeBron they, they had Jordan we got LeBron and we had Kobe and Tim Duncan and Shaq and all these other people so you know, they had Will Kareem and whoever they had. LeBron, Magic. But it's like, bro, you know, they all rich and living in their mansions and you here arguing on the internet. Like, and I mean, I, I get dragged into it from time to time, but it's like comparison really is the thief of joy because 
It can't just be, oh, well, he passed him and congrats to LeBron. Then young boys doing the Jordan thing. Well, you know, he's outscored Jordan, so technically he is the greatest. And then again, people go, yo, MJ went to college for, you know, two, three years or whatever it was, you know. He didn't come right out of high school, but had he of, who knows? And and really, it's embarrassing when people get to, you know, oh, well, you know, LeBron done this and he owns that record. And it's like, yeah, and Jordan did all of this in a shorter period of time. So what does that really say? Because people like to, oh, well, LeBron ain't took no breaks. Yeah, but Jordan still got them six trophies. So he did it in a shorter period of time. He's won more championships than LeBron. So it, it just comparisons the thief of joy. They're both great. Like I said, they in mansions with beautiful women. And what are we doing? Punching clocks and arguing, you know, in the bathroom, hiding from your manager, arguing online about how LeBron is greater than MJ. They don't even argue about that shit. They both live in mansions with beautiful wives and never looked at a price tag in the last probably 30 years. So. It's okay, man. Or, well, Jordan, 30 years for LeBron, like 15, which is actually one of my favorite moments is I think Letterman is interviewing him, LeBron, and you ask him kind of eh, casually, yeah, man, what's the, when the last time you looked at a price tag? And LeBron just kind of laughs, like, it's been a while. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, yeah, comparisons to Thief of Fucking Joy, just. You know, they, 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 they're all great. And like I said, the second you start trying to, like, measure one of them beside the other, you got to remember that the metrics is a little off because there is what you were allowed to do in your time. Were you allowed to come out of high school? The rules have changed with that. Like I said, you know, Kareem wasn't allowed to dunk in college. They outlawed the dunk. They said he dunk every play. So... And Shaq changed the rules in the NBA, you know, three in the key and all that stuff. They widened the lane. They did a bunch of shit to stop Shaq. But it's like, you know, people still remember Shaq as kind of when he would win, people kind of go, oh, well, he better win. He that damn big. And when he lose, people go, you're too damn big. How'd you lose? So double-edged sword that Shaq kind of gets marginalized in time anyway. Well, yeah, LeBron's great. It is what it is. Just enjoy, you know, the motherfucker breaking every record possible. But remember, he was allowed to come to the game a lot earlier. So naturally, he's going to break every record that exists. And even Kobe, I think, kind of came off the bench for a few years. You know, Eddie Jones and different people played ahead of him. So... Was it Eddie Jones or did they get traded for each other? No, Eddie was there a few years before they got rid of him. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, Kobe kind of got to, and Kevin Garnett kind of got to take it easy for a little bit, whereas LeBron was handed the load. But uh, yeah, this, this is fucking annoying. I'm just sitting back and appreciating all the great basketball we get to watch and like I said the playoffs are gonna be interesting Harden Harden and Embiid got embarrassed the other night well like I said mainly Harden but because he had a bad game and then was out with little baby and them after you know Travis Scott and all them he done basically made Philly into the new Houston so 
Just like when he was in Houston, you know, all the rappers sitting courtside. But, uh, and like, you know, a lot of people were mad about that, which I'm not big on that. It's like, hey, man, only difference between Harden having a bad game and then going to the club with Lil Baby and them is, you know, our bad days at work ain't nationally televised and they ain't reviewed on ESPN or else people be like, that motherfucker had a horrible day at his shift at Burger King and then immediately went to the club. So it's like, yeah, they got to be allowed to be human. You're going to have some bad days at work just as they are. Just like I said, your shit's on film and being broken down by ESPN and theirs ain't. So ultimately, it's like, whatever, that doesn't bother me. But I'm rooting for Harden because I wanted him to go to Philly this whole time. When he was in Houston, I wanted him to go to Philly. And I thought him and Ben Simmons would have been a perfect, as close to a fair trade as they're going to get. Now, Harden having been an MVP and being able to score a little more his game, I feel like it's a little more mature than Ben's. But ben, Ben's going to hoop and Ben can defend. And that's all KD and Kyrie going to need him to do. Now, the other thing that happened was Kyrie or no, KD. Because Kyrie got to play against the Sixers, but didn't get to play yesterday against the Knicks at home. And KD, after the game, called out Mayor uh, Eric Adams and said, yo, this is this is stupid. And I agree. It, it's dumb at this point. It's like, okay, so now he can come into the building, but still can't play. So what the fuck is the point of him being allowed to come in the building? You know, because we still got this stupid mandate that it's like, well, no, the mandate's been lifted. So essentially now, anyone who is not vaccinated is allowed to go back to work. But essentially, basically, he's the only person who still can't work. And it's like they've been trying to make an example out of him this whole time. And it's like, bruh, if the Nets don't, you know, win this championship or whatever, that's on the fucking mayor for being silly. And it's like, okay, you tried to embarrass him and kind of force him to get this shot or lose his money and lose his, um, lose the whole season, basically. And he didn't, he didn't set that out and rolled it out to where he ain't playing with you, you know, and it looked like the mayor ain't playing. But I think he, like I said, this is one of them cases where they just are going to the furthest extent to try to make an example out of him. And like KD told him yesterday, it's dumb. You got people coming here to this building and playing unvaccinated against us. But the guy that's, you know, lives here and works here can't play. So it's just the whole thing is just fucking silly at this point. It's like the mandate got lifted and everybody thought that would mean that he could play. And people were going as far as to call Harden dumb or Harden, he dumb. You know, he got up out of here and the mandate about to be lifted. And it's like, yeah, but. You see, they still going, oh, he can come in the building, but he can't work. And it's just like, all right, man. Like, let's just admit we be in this whole thing was kind of uh, meant to target him and show him that he's not special. But as I've said here before, man, some people are special. It is what it is. Can you work at the grocery store unvaccinated? No. But this millionaire yeah they're making an exception for a millionaire that's pretty much all they do which is funny because 
<laughs> I should mention Kim Kardashian called people. What did she say this week? Kim Kardashian said that uh, <laughs> she, the internet got mad because she, during some interview, which I don't pay her no mind until people start getting outraged, she, uh, she called them lazy. She said women need to work harder or something like that, which is funny because she's a woman who hasn't worked at all. You know what I mean? It's not like she's ever punched a clock. You know, been rich from birth since daddy defended OJ. So it just was funny. And then, you know, of course, people got upset. And I mean, like people saying, you know, you're doing this at a time when gas is 450. You're saying that at a time when people are unemployed and unemployment is gone and ain't been no stimulus. So it's like, again, the timing. So it's like, are you self-aware? And, and I mean, she has these moments. She had one right at the peak of the pandemic where she posted a bunch of pictures of herself on an island, you know, her and Chloe and all the rest of them on an island and, and no mask and, and people just got pissed. And they said, y'all so vacationing during a time when we can't even afford, you know, basic supplies. And it's like, I don't know why y'all act like Y'all thought yourself and Kim Kardashian were on the same budget. You know, I don't even blame her at that point. It's like, that is a you problem, ma'am. Because I knew when I woke up this morning that me and Kim Kardashian weren't in the same bracket. You know, everything that you preach about wokeness and whatever should, should let you know you're not in the same bracket. Cause my father ain't defend OJ. Well, he defended him, but not in the court of law. <laughs> Just at a bar or cookout somewhere. Anyway, which speaking of her, huh, let's get to it. Let's let's get to it. So her and Kanye is, is, is happening, and then you know Pete finally responded, which I gotta respect Pete as a comic and as a comic who knows people who know him. You know, I, me and him, we, we've crossed paths, but we're not friends or nothing. I don't want to sit here and pretend like we are. Um, but he's around. We've seen him. So I, I he's done nothing wrong here. He's done nothing wrong, but sleep with a chick that wants to sleep with him. And, you know, it is an at-will state. So, yes. And but he finally defended himself, which he's a lot better than me because I would have been told Kanye, hey, bro, you know, fight for your family, but keep me out your fucking mouth, bro. Real talk. So, you know, he finally reacted, and, and like I said, I he's more patient than I am because I'd have been reacted to say, hey, let's let's be mature about this, bro. You know, keep my name out your mouth. You can speak on your wife and whatever you want to speak on your kids, but leave me out of it. Anyway, when they say leave, <laughs> leave, leave my name out of it and I leave this out, out your wife's mouth. Anyway, yeah, he finally responded. Anyway, Kanye, what I wanted to say is he's, you know, dropping these videos about fatherhood or whatever and. You know how his wife's not letting him see the kids or be able to make decisions, and I, I, I honestly think a lot of it's really ironic because it's like, like, dude, you, you know, you're talking about the erasure of black fathers when you yourself fail to ever mention or acknowledge your own father. You know, you got 
six songs or so about your mama. There's one on every album just about. You know, you got a couple albums named after your mama now, Donda. And, uh, you know, God bless. I, I have the utmost respect for his mother. I don't want y'all to think I'm disrespecting Dr. Donda. I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, you can mention daddy too. You know, you didn't it take a sperm and an egg to make a baby. So, so to keep talking about the egg, it's like, well, what about the sperm? <laughs> you know, where did that come from? Speak on that a little. So it's like, yeah, bro, you... You're talking about this plight of black fathers when you 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 yourself fail to mention your own father. So of course they're pushing you out the picture. It's a narrative that you help promote. So I see it as being a little bit ironic that that he's on that type of time. Or the black father, the black father, you know, gets erased from the narrative, and it's like, yeah, man. You get a race, but you you got to do your part. That that comes that's not coming from nowhere, you know. And as Chris Rock did the joke years ago, "Mama, mama, 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 mama." You turn on the radio, that's all you hear. So ultimately, yeah, you you're responsible for that erasure as well. And 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 as uh, Chris Rock said, there was what's the daddy song? Papa was a Rolling Stone, and I mean. Chris Rock made that joke in 1996, 7-ish. And here we are in 2022, and it's still true, you know. Beagles can't go a song without mama <laughs> ad-libbing mama in the background. So it's like, damn, man. Daddy get another fucking song 50-something years ago. And that's a bad song, really, about how daddy was bad. But I've been saying to people, you know, as he's dropping these videos about his daughters being on TikTok and not wanting that and how Kim's not letting him make any decisions. I'm, I'm going, why are people judging him? And I, I said yesterday that, you know, you, you, you might suffer from broken home syndrome if you if you think Kim is 100 percent right here. And I mean, nobody's probably 100 percent. I think we can all agree on that. But ultimately, it's like, yo, he's not wrong for trying to keep his family together. You know, there's a lot of broken homes because the father didn't fight to keep the family together. And I'm not saying that fathers should have to fight. I think a lot of a lot of these women are wrong for for making men have to fight. But that you should fight and that he's fighting a good fight. It's a righteous fight. Is he being a little petty and maybe going about it wrong? Yeah, there's definitely I see some of that. But 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 you have the right to be angry and you have the right to sometimes, you know, speak on the fact that things aren't going the way we, we talk all this talk about mental health. But the second a man tries to say, oh, I feel like this or I feel like that. Oh, well, that's wrong. Yeah, well, we okay with that, but that's still how I feel. You know, and I, I think it's particularly funny that, I, as I said a few months ago, you know, for these women that it's like, okay, so you mad at Kevin Hart because he gets caught cheating and, and left his, you know, first baby's mama to be with the new baby's mama and, and then got caught cheating. But then you got somebody like a Nick Cannon that's not monogamous and has 
kind of giving into, I believe, is it polygamy? I, I don't quote me on the actual technical terms of what Nick is doing, but you know, he's got several babies, mamas, all at the same time. Which again, women criticize and and shit on this, you know, way of living life. But then they fail to realize that those women are they're choosing that. So ultimately, it's like, well, the problem with you being upset about what Nick Cannon or Future is doing is that is that uh <laughs> these women know the deal you know they know you got six other babies mamas and, and uh, I think little dirt recently is saying something about you know he's has his sixth baby and NBA young boy has his, his I think eight babies and and these women make all these men the enemies but it's like they're not sleeping with themselves and these women know the deal they know what they signing up for and that objectification is a two-way street you know women will act like it's just us saying oh you know here's what you need to do with your body or sexualizing them in that way hey come here and do this because you got some big old titties or whatever but it's like no it's also you pretending like uh, an adult woman doesn't have the right to make a decision that you don't agree with which may be being NBA young boy or Nick Cannon's 19th baby's mama so that's objectification as well acting like they didn't make that decision now that's the side they don't like to fucking talk about but anyway so yeah you you see what they're doing with you know with all these guys it's oh my god you know how dare these guys not try to keep it all under one roof and try to um how dare these guys not you know try to make honest women basically out of these women when the woman might not want to be quote unquote an honest woman or what they would have defined as back in the day an honest woman you know husband wife all that under one roof so they'll criticize you on that side and then they'll criticize you for being Kanye and being upset that you know your, your, your house is now divided so ultimately it's like well what choice really I'm going to lose either way keep your heart three stacks as, as my man once said <laughs> keep your heart three stacks because either these girls are smart that's what he said you know they they know that ultimately no matter what happens it's gonna result in you being judged you know the failed marriage is always your fault a broken relationship is always your fault it's rarely ever the light shined on the women so the question I've just been asking people is you know <laughs> at what point am I allowed to judge this woman on her third divorce? And I think I asked it on this podcast last week. So I I, I uh, apologize for hitting the same topic. But God damn it, it's fresh on my mind. I turned on the radio this morning as I'm driving around. And a little bit of the talk on The Breakfast Club was about Kanye, of course. So it's just like, yeah, what point am I allowed to judge this woman on her third divorce? At what point are we allowed to say, maybe she's not the best person, you know? Dating a man half her age is all out. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And someone, Sean Redmond mainly, because some of you comedians know him. And he's, he's my guy. I like Sean. He's an interesting person. I, I view him as a mostly fair and impartial person, but he has his moments. But he was telling me, well, you know, the women he's dating is having. It's like, yeah, but which came first? 
he was telling me the women he yay we've been running around with are half his age but i said yeah but which one came first her walking out on her family for a dude half the age or and you know like i said i i try not to take sides in this because ultimately i don't know kim or kanye but the way people talk about it so much it'll almost force you to which which i want to be clear i'm not really taking a side all i'm asking you is why are you so comfortable judging him and this is, you know, black man, no criminal record, no history of violence. He told DL he was going to smack him. He did say that. But at the, like I'm saying, should he not be mad? Should he not be mad about? Should he not be mad about his family kind of ending or splitting up? You know, I think him being mad or upset is fair. And I think a part of this is us not allowing men to have emotions about relationships because people kept saying oh well <laughs> oh well you know people keep saying oh well you know when the woman decides it's over it's over and it's like why shit gotta be that simple now be clear I'm not um I'm not advocating for nobody to be out here harassing or stalking anybody. Let's let's be clear. All I'm saying is, and you know what's crazy? You have women who say, you know, oh well, I was uh I started dating that dude or talking to him, but you didn't fight for our relationship. You know, um Watch the if you watch the show Insecure with uh, Issa Rae in his series finale somewhere around that she kind of started hinting at that with the uh, the guy on there Lawrence that he didn't fight for her and she was kind of mad that you know when she hinted at breaking up he just let it happen and I mean he got out here and was having himself some fun threesomes and all that so <laughs> so i ain't mad at him but again so yeah it's just these women will put you in a position to where you are damned if you do and you are damned if you don't because yes in that show kind of ends with her putting it all back in his lap you know the last whatever i guess in their world two years or so of them being split up that Oh, well, you should have fought for me. And it's just like, wait, what? So, yeah, man, don't. Don't. uh, Let's not pretend like that's not a thing that women will say when they feel like it went the wrong way. But when it goes the right way, you know, all these guys in the comments just get to go. Yeah, well, when the woman decides it's done, it's done. And it's like. Yeah, but I think that's an oversimplification because there are men who have wanted shit to be done and it wasn't done. You know, the woman got to have a say and, oh, baby, please give me one more chance. And ultimately, this is all Kanye's fault. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not defending him 
so much as I'm asking why y'all are so comfortable being able to judge and not just being able to judge, but criminalize him. And I find that particularly offensive when when we talk about mass incarceration and everything that we know with the Central Park Five and all this different sort of stuff that is just like, yeah, because ultimately we're assumed to be guilty uh, until proven innocent. And you really don't ask that of anybody else in this country more than you ask it of us as black men that, oh, well, yeah, he's predatorial, he's violent, or he's a father who's grieving from the loss of his family and his home being broken. So allow him the fucking space maybe to be upset sometime and whatever, and to vent. Because everyone else gets the fucking vent. And, you know, women get to do their little, I'm telling my side of the story. I think Pamela uh, Lee recently, because <laughs> me and my boy, we watching the All-Star game and as soon as the All-Star game went off, you know, we all eat snacks and having drinks and, you know, kicking back. And we all both all kind of noticed at the same time, like, yo, when did Pamela Lee come on the TV? Or is her name Lee still? I don't fucking know. Pam Anderson, the blonde from the 90s that had the big old fake titties. So she is on and she's, you know, talking about Tommy Lee and I'm going... This really ain't the demographic to come on after the All-Star game. It's like, you know, a bunch of black people, black dudes mainly watching TV. You think I care about Pebla Anderson and Tommy Lee? Like, y'all could have put anything on after this. You should have played BAPS. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, bro. I'm not, I don't give a damn, you know. We just watched the All-Star game. We just watched niggas hooping watching rappers perform and shit and now Pamela Anderson sitting here so all I'm saying is you know I'll turn on Netflix and who's there was it Michelle a the Dr. Dre the woman that dated Dr. Dre all them years ago and they gave her a whole movie so they could document you know so you go well why can't Kanye what can a man ever be hurt and speak his side of it you know, ultimately, like I said, it's all Kanye fault because we could have told that nigga not to marry that girl. It's like, come on, bro. Every man that's around them takes a nosedive. So it just is what it is. And he ain't taking a nosedive yet. And that's what I'm trying to get people to see that it's like his money is up. You know, he turned his life over to God, just won a Grammy. So it's like, yeah, man, y'all got to stop portraying him as this crazy individual. I mean, he has his moments, but I don't think he's crazy. You know, it's just y'all use words with negative connotations. Every time he speaks, it's he was ranting and it's like or he was just speaking passionately about something. So I do have a problem with the perception of him. Fuck. truck uh, y'all know how it is I'm trying to park and motherfucking garbage truck in the fucking way anyway which yeah that, that's been a thing in my world too is parking man uh, you know those of you who follow me I've told you this story but I was I was in Philly and I was in Philly and um, I had to drive because I, I waited too late 
to get the tickets. I was kind of unprepared, but I was in Philly featuring for Alonzo Bowden at Helium Comedy Club. And I mean, the shows went great. Alonzo's phenomenal. So always got some new material cooking. You know, he won last comic standing years ago. And I mean, he's got a great fan base. They come out to see him every time he's out. But yeah, I was doing these gigs and uh, drove to Philly. So I, you know, was a little against the clock there. Got there about an hour early, but I decided to try the cheesesteaks, which I had, uh, was it Gino's? I had Gino's cheesesteak. And I mean, it was fire. Put some pizza sauce on that joint, some uh what they call that joint marinara sauce they had on there. And it was and then I, you know, me, I like a little spice with my joints. So I had uh asked them they had like a little thing of hot sauce, and I mean that hot sauce was super spicy, dog. Super spicy. But that cheesesteak was fire, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize the um I didn't realize Gino's and Pat's are right next to each other. <laughs> Gino's and Pat's are right next to each other. I had no idea, so I kind of turned the corner in Philly there. And I mean, I used to do shows in Philly about once a month. Me and Brian Grassi would go out there and do shows. So <laughs> I thought... uh you know, I thought the spots was kind of far, but as I'm walking down the block, every fucking place that, you know, every business sells cheesesteaks out there. Like, okay, when I lived in, and obviously I lived between Georgia and Indiana, Valdosta, Georgia, which they didn't have no specialty food, although they known for Vidalia onions. Anyway, let me show them some love, not act like they insignificant here, but... Indiana has corn, but it's not on every corner, if that makes sense. That it's like, yeah, that's our export, like way out in the middle of the fields. But the city of Indianapolis isn't known for any specialty foods. So it's kind of normal, you know, <laughs> the food is kind of spread out. Like it's not oversaturated. I guess that's the term I'm looking for. Whereas when I moved to Buffalo, Buffalo wings and pizza were on every corner. And you going like like we get it like okay you 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 made buffalo wings we in the home of buffalo wings and I mean listen I love wings like I'm a wing enthusiast so and I mean that they they had a bowling alley there that has some of the finest wings I ever had but anyway I digress um so yeah it was a little like that and then obviously you moved to New York and boom pizza on every fucking corner pizza on every fucking corner and then you know so yeah it was kind of like that once i turned a couple corners because i'd only ever been downtown philly like we used to do raven lounge out in philly like every other month me and brian grassi and uh yeah they had <laughs> you know we just kind of stayed downtown and even downtown there's a few cheesecake spots but once i got and to actually Philly off like Broad Street where Geno's and Pat's were, I didn't realize they were literally across the street from each other. So you standing there and you like, shit, do I get Pat's or Gino? I didn't realize they were both right here. Geno's was pretty damn good. I got to try Pat's next time I'm there. And then here's the thing. Everybody in Philly, 
everybody in Philly will act like, you know, neither spot is, those are both tourist spots. So what winds up happening is everybody you talk to will be like, oh man, that's not the best place. Everybody's got their own favorite cheesesteak place. So talking to people about it at some point is just kind of redundant because ultimately it's going to lead to like, you know, oh, that place ain't no good either. I'll take you to my mom's house. She make cheesesteaks, you know, 2 a.m. They waking their mom up, like show them what a real cheesesteak is, mom. This this fool went to Pat's and Gino's like a fucking tourist. Which Pat's and Gino's. Pat's is one place and Gino's is the other, folks. I don't want you thinking that they're the same place. But yeah. And then there's a few other names that cause you know, people I'll I'll use Babalucci's. People will go, Oh, this is neither one of those spots is good. You gotta go to Babalucci's. Then somebody come up uh, did you tell him to go to Babalucci's? Babalucci's is no good. You gotta go to Babalucci's. Okay, homeboy. Fuck you, nigga. Shut the fuck up, punk. Get your ass through, man. Fuck you too, nigga. The fuck? Oh, motherfucker, people are fucking retarded. I mean, you can ask him, but I don't think you can park there. No, you can't park there. Yeah, you on a hydrant anyway. It didn't have to be all that. What's wrong with them niggas, man? So anyway, besides the cheesesteak, what, what you just heard live action was somebody cussing me the fuck out. Um... What did I want to tell y'all, man? Oh, 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 yeah, it's perfect. Somebody just honked me out of a spot and, you know, flipped me the fuck off. So I was about ready to follow him and kick his fucking ass. People are ridiculous out here, man. Like I said, if you can avoid driving in New York, then avoid it. So anyway, get into Philly, grab my cheese steak, eat that. That was a good experience, whatnot. I'm in a good mood. I'm like, all right, you know, I got 45 minutes or so before the show starts. I'm driving to the club, to Helium, downtown Philly. I'm pulling in and, 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 you know, I'm like three blocks away. I see a spot right in front of the club to park. Now it's paid parking, but I say perfect because I was worried about time. You know, I'm about by the time I drive from the cheesesteak spot to there, I got probably about 25 minutes left before the show starts. Now, mind you, I'm not from Philly. I don't know the area. So, you know, you don't really know where you can and can't park. I'm a little nervous because I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. So as I see this spot, I hit the gas. I pull through the first light. As I get to about the second light, I see this girl running this girl's taking off running i mean she's sprinting and i'm thinking to myself wow like you know this girl's dressed weirdly to be jogging you know she's got all kind of friday night attire date night she's i ain't gonna say she had on heels but she had on like some you know maybe i guess what girls would call clogs or wedges i guess and she's kind of moving it and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of warm. It ain't freezing cold, but it's cold enough, you know. Anyway, you know, she's booking it. And I see her in my rearview mirror booking it. I don't think nothing of it. I'm 
gassing through the lights and like maybe they jogging they wedges it out here in philly i don't know what the fuck they do so i'm pulling through the light get to the second light she's still running i pull up on the spot throw it in reverse skirt start to back it up cut my wheel and uh she dives kind of from the sidewalk from the sidewalk to the uh pavement there into the street where i'm about to back up and park so now i'm like okay you know i get out my car i'm like yo um i'm i'm about to park no you're not i'm saving this for my man now i'm like okay you you really are fucking like like that's that's rude that's like now i'm confused because i'm like I don't need the club staff and the people that work at Helium, you know, the good people, which shouts out to them. Shouts out to uh, Pat, who was my bartender taking care of me. Uh, and uh, what's my other girl name? See, I don't want to get no names wrong here, but I'm spurred a moment and I'm driving around my man. My man Herman, that was the security there. I know that because I was kind of messing with him about having an old name. He said it actually is my father's name. But uh, I won't try to randomly remember these names on the podcast right now. But they definitely took care of me out there. Good people at Helium in Philly. Uh, But I didn't need them to see me cussing her out in front of the door. So I kind of just in the most politest, rudest way, I told her like, yo, that's some rude ass shit to fucking do to somebody like you know somebody's trying to park their car and you jump into the street you know with two feet it's ridiculous you know it's cartoonish shit to do to somebody but i didn't sweat it you know i drove about another 10 minutes out into the city found a spot wasn't quite sure i could park there but i left my car there checked on it between shows anyway long story short you know i get back to new york monday night and i'm circling around circling around it really took me about 15 minutes i see this spot i start to pull in and it's this fucking girl standing there with purple fucking hair and I mean, like, if Harley Quinn, think Harley Quinn. So now I'm like, yo, Harley Quinn, you got to get the fuck out the spot. Like, cut the shit. You don't get to stand in a goddamn parking spot. So now, you know, I get out the car because I'm, I'm not trying to catch a you know, vehicular homicide. So I get out the car and I say to her, I say, yo, it's politely but as rudely and firmly as I can. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to park. Like, you fucking mind? Like, I, I don't know at what point you guys started doing this out here in New York, but it's like, that shit is rude. And to be clear, I done looked it up now. It's on the books. It's a criminal thing. Like, you can't, because ultimately, if that was a game to be played then nobody would ever be able to park because people would just leave a cone or a chair in a parking spot and go, this is mine. Like, you know, so it's it's a fucking ridiculous thing. But I say to her again, she pulls out her phone 
hey, hurry up, hurry up. This guy's crazy. And I'm talking about it's taking every ounce of restraint in me not to just like physically remove her. You know, you don't want to hurt a woman. I was where, oh, it's a woman, it's a lady, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it's like, hey, you can't keep cheating people out of, you know, the rules are the rules. And you can't keep cheating people out of a parking spot that they got to first. You know, and it's like, you know, I, I physically said to her, I said, you're not a fucking transformer. Like, unless you're a fucking transformer, move. Like, you're not a car. You know, and it, it, to me, it's just some very fifth grade shit to do. So she's yelling to the phone, hurry up. And I say, yo, over her shoulder, yo, whoever you are, hurry the fuck up. Like, I'm ready to fight. I wanted to fucking fight at that point. It's like second time in a week, you know, that this is happening to me. Second time in like three days. So now I'm ready to fight. I'm like, yo, bring it on. Like, bro, hurry up. I, I want to fight. I want to see the motherfucker that's got his girl doing such a dishonorable thing. Because to me, I would think, well, shit, somebody might slap the shit out of my girl if she tried to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I said when he pulled up. I said, why would you endanger her like that? Now, he was old Eric Benet ass nigga with like a macaroni necklace. He wouldn't even get out the car. And that's probably the only reason that as I'm talking to y'all, I'm not in fucking jail because I was ready. It was like, bro, you know, I got no priors. It is what it is. Like, let's do it because this is some trash ass shit. So, whatever, whatever, whoop-de-wop, I fucking tell him, hey, man, look, <laughs> you get out that car, basically. It's on. He doesn't get out the car, he rolls up the windows. Bro, that would totally be on you because the universe and karma, and if you're going to physically harm people over parking, and, and that's the reverse psychology bullshit I don't like that people do. It's like, this situation... This argument, this uh, entanglement, this quarrel wouldn't be happening if you didn't bring such petty energy with you. You know what I mean? At some point, it's like, what's the cause and what's the effect? You know, am I the cause in this situation? Am I the motherfucker that got two feet into a parking spot? Is that me? That's not me. I'm not that person. You feel me? That you are that person, you know. I I would prefer this situation don't exist, you know. I would prefer not to take it to such extents, you know. I would prefer just to let first come first serve basis, baby. Like, you know, we live in a free will at will state and country. Like, bro, I got here first, you know. It is what it is. So anyway, now I'm, I'm pissed because I'm like, oh, no, we're not moraling people down when you're trying to cheat somebody like don't cheat. And then also try to be like moral high ground. You know, if you if you were to hurt her, or hurt my car, or, you know, that's on you. And it's like, nah, we not, we're not doing that homeboy. You are in violation here. And if you weren't doing this, this entire situation doesn't exist. You are the cause here. I'm the effect. Like, cut the shit. What came first, the chicken or the egg, motherfucker? 
You both, the chicken and the egg. Anyway, so yeah, I say to him, bro, you know, so on. By then, motherfucker yelling out the window, hey, yo, my man, Dominican kid or Puerto Rican, my, yo, my nigga, you, which is always too much R on they nigga that it's like, eh, you got that accent, man, chill. You're not black. You know, they're not black until it's time to say the N word, but we've discussed. Anyway, so yeah, I'm like, first off, chill with all the nigga stuff. You done said nigga seven times in 10 words. You done used it as both an adjective and a verb and a, uh, <laughs> and a predicate, you know, subject and predicate. So now I'm like, bro, chill with all the nigga talk, first off. Now he's oh no, but the, you know you, you, basically he like telling me to shut up. You know you waking me up. Da 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 da. He doing that whole spiel. God damn it! There's a fucking parking spot here, and this stupid motherfucker just pulled his goofy ass truck across it. Man, shit. Fucking hey, I'm trying to tell y'all story of my motherfucking life, bro. Anyway fucking lady you know, I kind of get him to shut up but, but he he goes well people do that all the time that's what New York that's what we do yeah it's a parking spot right there and this dumbass pulled his truck across anyway <sighs> stupid ass shit boy this shit is annoying and it's a daily fucking experience for me anyway so yeah, by the time you get to the actual spot, you ain't got no fucking patience. It's like, bro, cut the shit. So yeah, yeah. This guy will in New York, that's what we do. And I'm like, just because it's what you do don't mean it's wrong, nigga. Like, cut the shit. Like, you could do something every day. That don't fucking mean it's correct. I say, yo. Just because it's what you do don't make it fucking right. Like, bro, that shit is foul. The fuck? I'd have smacked your fucking face off. And and I, and I say, every time it's been done to me, it's been done to me about four or five times, maybe six. One time it was an old black lady in Harlem, and I just was like, whatever, Grandma. Like, you know, she started giving me this sob story. Oh, well, my son is coming, my grandson, and he's handicapped, and it's a van, and we got to lift, and we got to lift him down, and Lord! And I said, Grandma, have a nice day. Like, whatever. I'll go seven blocks from here and find some sort of parking. So, yeah, you know. And, and that's the thing. It's always a woman that is like, it's never a dude, because I think most dudes understand that that's a fightable offense. And and I'll tell you, maybe I'll attach in the comments a link to this video because I was traumatized after. So finally, I kind of sat on the hood of his car because his girl was sitting there. He wouldn't get out the car. So by then, all my fight energy, what they call it, fight or flight, all my fight energy had dissipated because he's just sitting in the car. I think he was smoking a J, smoking a blunt, as, as, as the kids would say. So by then, all my fight energy has dissipated, you know? So I finally say, like, yo, you know, this lady, oh, this old Spanish lady kind of yells out the window, like, yo, 
something 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 in Spanish policia so I said ah, maybe I want to get going because uh, you know this is I'm sick of this this whole thing so anyway I go to pull off or whatever but the next day I was still kind of pissed off and, and you know this is a moment where you realize why you pissed off and like you can define it because often and I'll say for myself and I, I, I let me try not to speak for other guys but especially as a man at times sometimes I get mad and I don't even realize like I can't define it or put it into words why I'm pissed or explain myself like if I had to defend myself in the court of law it wouldn't go well but finally later that night I said to myself I said yo I'm tired of having to be the bigger person and once you define it that simply it's like yeah I'm, I'm fucking tired of having to be the bigger person you know I gotta be there and then this, this is what I told dude before I drove off I said yo you're also way too comfortable you're way too comfortable pissing somebody off and leaving your personal property now as a kid I seen my mother put ketchup on somebody's window because they cut her off and took a spot. And I didn't understand then, but I understand now that it's like, yeah, because basically you cheated somebody out of, you know, you seen her pulling in there. Like, cut the shit, man. People do despicable shit like that and then try to put their head down, you know, and act like they don't see or hear you. And, you know, ultimately, when you're doing some shit like that to somebody, you you don't know what what type of fucking day they didn't have, bro. That shit might be the last straw. And and and, and I'm on that type of time. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be that person to nobody. To where it's like, you know what? Why be the motherfucker that makes somebody have to snap? And you know, you got the whole thing where you know I think it was a Wallow and Gilly on that podcast. What is it? Million dollars worth of game where they uh they uh you know wallow did some time or whatever if you're familiar with them former rapper gilly the kid that you know would claim he wrote for lil wayne whatever but was i think major figures was the group from philly a lot of philly in this episode <laughs> cheese steaks and whatnot wallow and gilly anyway um he was saying and you know he did some time and he was saying one of the ogs would kind of ask him when he got to prison yo man how long did it take and he said you know a couple days went by you would just ignore the cat how long did it take he would keep asking him he said finally said to the dude why the fuck you keep asking me that he said listen you in here for how long and i think wallow said 20 years or whatever he was behind bars or that was his sentence. I don't know how long he actually did. But Wallow said, <laughs> yo, man, when you say how long, what do you mean? He said, how long did the crime that got you 20 years take? And Wallow said, oh, it was robbery. And that took about three minutes. So sometimes you don't want it to be a situation. And the dude said to him, three minutes. So three fucking minutes of anger or a wrong bad decision cost you 20 years so you know you never wanted to go there but sometimes it's like yo i'm gonna prove my fucking point like do i look pussy do i look like the guy that just fucking keep cutting off and stealing his pocket like why is that a thing that you would even want to do to somebody so you know eh. 
you know, it is what it is. So, man, I told the dude, though, like I said, you, you're way too comfortable leaving your property. And I, I did have visions of just taking, you know, I got this snow shovel and just bashing out all his windows. Because he would have deserved it. That it's like, it's what you get for cheating people. Had you just beat me to the parking spot, I couldn't even trip. But I feel justified in my anger. But, uh, yeah, it just... You know, you don't want it to be a wallow type situation where three minutes cost you 20 years. So cooler heads prevailed. I drove off. But as I'm walking to my car, because I had to park on a meter instead, 7 a.m., because that's what time the meter made to get you up. Walking to the car, 7 a.m., 7 a.m., I'm walking to the car. And I walk past his car as I'm, as I'm headed down the block with sleep in my fucking eyes because I didn't want to be up in no fucking 7 a.m. I see his car and I just get angry. Uh, I took one of the tickets, uh, you know, the papers, the tickets, the tickets uh, that the parking tickets. I took a piece of paper because I had got one a couple weeks ago. I uh, stuck it underneath his uh, windshield wiper, folks. So hopefully he was real upset. And, you know, Bill Burr does a joke about that, about, you know, when you see when you see that orange sheet of paper stuck underneath your fucking underneath your uh, mirror, how mad you get. So hopefully he saw that shit and got real mad. Because ultimately, that's how I felt having to walk, having to walk to my uh, car at 7 a.m. Knowing and having to pass his car, knowing that that was my spot until he cheated me out of it with his purple haired Harley Quinn lookalike ass girl. Anyway, what else the fuck else did I want to talk to you about? Oh, we mentioned jail or prison. So in other news, Jesse Smollett got sentenced. Jesse Smollett got sentenced finally. And, uh, you know, the nigga was crying and it was ridiculous because he's only got 150 days. But it's like, yeah. why are there people still defending Jesse Smollett? And I flat out said this to one of the girls. I said, yo, you know, at this point, if you're still defending them, just say you don't think that gay guys should get. Just say you, you don't think that gay black guys deserve to be punished because that's the only angle you could be playing at this point. You know, she was pontificating about, oh, well, Kyle Rittenhouse only got or didn't get. And it's like, OK. Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, well, the Capitol rioters didn't get or got sentenced to this many days. And you go, okay, so what's your thesis here? That black men in America don't get fair trials? We already fucking knew that. That's why we still scratching our heads trying to figure out why Jesse would do such a stupid fucking thing as to walk his dumb ass into a courtroom or a uh, police station and you know, lie. Because we all know black men don't get fair trials in America and they get punished more harsh. So, you know, 
all the points you're making, we agree with. We just are asking you why he subjected himself to that. That's why we don't understand what the fuck he thought he was doing. But y'all made being a victim fucking profitable. And, you know, these people sit up and are, you know, it's a brand now. And people make money off of it. So, why not lie and say you're a victim? Which, that's embarrassing. I would never want to lie and say I was a victim. That's ridiculous. Um... Not that, you know, and that, let me be clearer than make that 3D. Not to say that somebody should be ashamed of being a victim, but it's like, you know, it's become profitable. Like I said, brands, it's, you know, that Amanda Seals thing. Where every day you just, black men do better. I was at a hotel and this white guy and that's privilege and... And and it's like, yeah, but is it, you know, Central Park Five spent X amount of years behind bars. Like, cut the shit. Uh, somebody didn't, oh, somebody didn't get my bag fast enough at a hotel, you know. Black men do better, no matter what happens. I just show up and say that, and people agree, and it just, yeah, it's too much of that going on, you know, so... Then, and then here's the thing I think is intellectually dishonest about the woke crowd defending Jesse Smollett is that, you know, this girl was Samakai Rittenhouse and you go, hold up. You know, this whole time during the R. Kelly trial or Cosby or whoever, people were saying, you know, we want to advocate for equal punishment. So they would mention, well, what about Weinstein or what about, you know, Michael Jackson or what about this one or what about that one? And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people would say, oh, well, you know, no whataboutisms, you know, don't bring up other people. We're talking about R. Kelly or we talking about Cosby. And that's fair, you know, to say stay on subject, you know. Next thing you know, we, we don't even know what we were talking about anymore because you got off subject. That's fair. But now in Jussie's case, it's, well, what about Kyle Rittenhouse? And what about this one? And what about that one? And it's like, yo. It's like, you know, we can't, you know, we couldn't do that on this side. So let's not do that on this side. And they were the main ones caping and saying, don't do that. So it's like. Well, you're clearly, you know, changing the rules now that it's Jussie. So it's just one of them things where it's like, bro, can we just, you know, the, he's guilty. He's dumb. It's, you know, this is just, this shit ain't binary. It's not either or. Either Kyle Rittenhouse should be in jail or Jesse Smollett should be free. It's both. Kyle Rittenhouse should be in jail and so should Jesse Smollett's dumb ass. Kyle Rittenhouse is dumb. Jussie Smollett is dumb. The Capitol Riders are dumb. Fucking Kyle Rittenhouse won't take his ass over there to Ukraine. Talking about he protected nothing. But came over here in America. Only in America, as Don King said. All right. So, yeah. Jussie. Fucking Jussie Smollett. You know. He got his time. And like I said, 150 days. And that's the thing. It's like he's a trained actor. And a good one. He was on fucking Empire. So he's not an idiot, but it's like, yeah, man. 
it's hard to tell when he's pretending and when he's telling the truth. And I mean, obviously, he just lied. So it's like, <laughs> that's a joke within itself. But it's like, don't underestimate his sad card, you know? People are looking at him cry and getting all emotional and trying to defend him. But it's ultimately, like, you put yourself here, bro. Many, many black men as it is behind bars, unfairly. I just, I got too much. I don't, I don't know if I have enough sympathy or empathy to be feeling sorry for a motherfucker that walked into a police station and lied. And, and it weaponized all real shit, too. Racism really exists. Somebody not going to get believed because your dumb ass wanted to tell a fantasy story. You know, he wishes he was Ryan Coogler. <laughs> ah, he give his life to being Ryan Coogler, which... If you ain't been paying attention, Ryan Coogler went into a bank and uh, went to a bank, you know, with a mask, you know, the mask that we've been asked to wear and some sunglasses on and uh, filled out a withdrawal slip and um, gave the bank teller his bank card and ID. But on the back of the slip, bro, you know, obviously it was like a big amount, I think like 10K and was like, keep it discreet. <laughs> and she went ahead and uh, pushed the buzzer on him for him being a robber. You know, the 911 buzzer is just a button under the damn desk. Uh, she went ahead and rung it and said, yo, you know, I'm not sure what this guy has going on. And it's like on one hand. You know, I see where people was kind of coming from that it's like, well, if a motherfucker hands you uh, a uh, debit card and a um, license then and an ID, then that really be the dumbest bank robber ever. And I mean, this girl was black, too. So people try to make it about, you know, black men are just always profile. And there is some of that within the story but ultimately you really can't slide a bank teller a note ever like that's not a thing you should ever do you should never slide a bank teller a note so i had to kind of go well you know this is one of them where <laughs> you know it's literally a perfect storm of two or three things happening I don't think she was very experienced. I, I, I wish they released her age because it's like this might have been within her first two or three months in the bank and she just thought the worst had come true. But it's like, you know, when you and then then she said, you know, in the 911 call that, you know, I'm trying to get him to. Uh, you know, I'm asking him questions and he keeps saying, look at the note and it's like hey dog i ain't never worked in no bank but uh and if you talk to a lot of bank tellers they'll tell you that's how it go down you know that's how it go down that you know motherfucker look at the note look at the note i think he was being a uh a arrogant celebrity type ryan coogler you know he directed black panther for those of you listening if you don't follow the story or didn't see that he directed black panther and uh you know yeah so he was not at the bank of wakanda he was at the bank of america and they did not have any idea who this negro 
demanding $10,000 and saying, keep it discreet in, in a note. <laughs> but again, back to he did hand her his ID and his debit card. So he clearly is a customer. He'd have to be the dumbest fucking criminal ever to uh, rob a bank in that fashion. So. That was a little strange, I thought, definitely. But uh, it is what it is, man, you know. It is what it is. Ultimately, it's like, you know, it's one of them cases where, like I said, I think both people were wrong. I think he could have communicated more. And once it became clear that she was, like, not understanding what was going on, he probably should have took the mask off and been like, hey, baby girl. I make large withdrawals all the time. Maybe this isn't the best neighborhood, but I don't like the fact that when I slide you a note that says 10,000, you go, 10,000? And how would you like that? And then you start counting it and everyone in the bank turns around to look to say, look at this motherfucker getting $10,000. And I mean, you know, that's a little bit of the old joke where, you know, somebody grabs the one item off the shelf that does not scan and uh you know maybe it's uh condoms the little ones not the magnums because you would be happy that they announced the magnum condoms i need help with some magnum condoms need a price check on some magnum condoms and all the women in the store look over and say hmm okay register number 10 whoever that customer is hey you know, maybe it's a little embarrassing. So maybe in that same fashion, ten thousand. Woo! Did did you say ten thousand? To where everybody now is looking like, oh, who the fuck in here getting ten thousand? We only got one, two stimulus checks. You know, <laughs> so we ain't doing too hot. So I understand that, but like I said, I don't think you ever supposed to pass a bank teller a note. <laughs> Ever. Oh, you better not write your phone number down and try to slot none of that. None of that. None of that activity, you feel me? So Ryan Kugler got handcuffed and you know, that's Jesse Smollett's wet dream, you know. He'll be sitting there with uh what's my girl that was mad at Snoop Dogg that did the R. Kelly interview, Gail King. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. And all that shit that R. Kelly was saying before he went to jail. Um, <laughs> which SNL, they, they did a great sketch of him and uh, Keenan Thompson playing him. Keenan Thompson w was making a joke about how he couldn't read and saying, so you're not the jail king? Because her name is G-A-Y-L-E King. And I said, that's a great fucking joke. Underrated joke right there on SNL. <laughs> Her name is Jail King. I thought I was talking to the Jail King. Why I'm talking to you then? <laughs> Andy, why are you talking to her, Robert? And it was the last time Robert would be heard for because that's all she would say to him. Robert? Like, like a school teacher. Like, I don't even got to say the rest. Robert, have a seat and quit cutting up and carrying on. You know damn well you did this shit. It's on tape. And you was holding hands with Aaliyah and dressed alike and going to Six Flags, nigga. 
So it is what it is. Anyway, yeah, Jesse Smollett would have loved to have been Ryan Coogler. You know, handcuffed outside a bank and he could sit there, and, you know, because people are racist and people are homophobic. And that's why I got handcuffed. And it's like, nah, nigga, because you slid a bank teller a goddamn note. And then when she asked you to clarify, you went to read the note. So, yeah, I think Ryan Coogler was being a smug celebrity. And if it's that deep that you don't like people uh, counting cash and, you know, you feel unsafe or whatever, it's like you, you got enough money, man, hire an assistant. That's what Diddy had Bentley for. Bentley Fonsworth to carry his umbrella and keep the raindrops off him and also to uh, <laughs> pick up his money for him, you know, so. Get an assistant, you rich. You rich motherfucker, buy a new one, as Rick James said, or as Dave Chappelle said, as Rick James. You rich motherfucker, hire an assistant and, and have them pick up your money that way. And, and then that's the thing, too. He's wearing a mask, and, you know, everybody look under suspicious wearing the mask. You wearing a mask in Atlanta that it's like, I was just in Atlanta a couple months ago, and nobody was wearing a mask, so... You 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 are looking rather robberish, I'll say. Robberish. He was looking robberish and doing robberish behaviors <laughs> because he was saying, look at the note, read the note, read the note. And it's like, bruh, clearly she wasn't understanding what was going on. And that was your chance to clarify and not to be an arrogant fucking celebrity and you know, I work in entertainment. I won't say I know very many celebrities, but I see it on a small scale. Little odd things that people will start doing that it's like, bro, that's not normal. And really, you know, if you weren't, you know, here at this comedy club, that's a behavior that, that motherfuckers would call the cops on your ass or whatever about. So, you know. You, you are being fucking weird. But, you know, then they start to stop hanging around anybody that'll tell them that they're weird or behaving differently. You know, they cut those people out, label you as difficult or whatever and whatnot. So, like I said, for Ryan Coogler, hey, bruh, it's unfortunate that happened to you as a black man. I can relate to being stereotyped or being uh, profiled. And, and sometimes it do happen from, you know, other black people. But in this case, I think it was a miscommunication that he was given a chance to clear up and then went into arrogant celebrity mode. You know, you can't walk in a bank and tell somebody to hand you money discreetly. Now, like I said, the girl was tripping a little because she had a debit card and you know, he handed her his ID as well, so he'd be the dumbest fucking bank robber in the world. But to slide somebody a note talking about keep it discreet. Keep it on the down low. <laughs> Nobody has to know. That's <laughs> oh, that is robberish, bruh. Robert? <laughs> Robert. Now Robert. You know, that's robberish. So I think we're going to close on that note. I got some shows coming up, guys. Uh, I'm going to be in Minnesota with Alonzo Bowden at the end of this month. I'm excited about that. I'm featuring for him in Minnesota at 
helium. So I'm not going to dry. So we're not going to worry about parking spots and purple haired girls with robberish behavior. Because that's what that is. Oh, I don't think I told you guys, but um, I'm going to probably throw the link in the comments. Because I was talking about parking spots. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, that is wrong. But that is something that happens a lot out here. And then one girl commented that, uh, you know, that's a crime punishable by up to like a, a $5,000 fine. So I was curious and, you know, I was kind of living vicariously because I was still angry days later. I was kind of living vicariously through YouTube. But I Googled, you know, fights over parking spaces in New York. And I found this one video where two women... Well, what? Not really a woman, a mother and a daughter are holding a parking space. And the guy kind of pulls up and says, yo, you can't do that. You know, and he's just as I was. He's half backed into the spot. Halfway backed into the spot. They're standing there. He's kind of like, yo, you know, as nicely as you can. Hey, man, like, seriously, I don't feel like doing this. So. You know, as he's backing into the spot, they're st still standing there. So he calls the cops. And you know me, I, I ain't no snitch, Poppy. I'm no snitch. Look up uh, Rashid Thurman, I believe was his name. Google him, guys. And uh, Poppy No Snitch is the name of the clip. Rashid, comedian Rashid, R.I.P. That was on Bad Boys of Comedy. <laughs> he did this great joke about Poppy No Snitch. And yeah, look it up. It's funny. Anyway, Poppy, me, Poppy No Snitch, you know. So I, I wasn't going to call 911 because I feel like it would have went opposite on me, you know. Next thing I know, I'm with Justice Millette. I got 150 days in jail. Or I'm uh, Ryan Coogler. Talking about keep it discreet. <laughs> oh, it's finna be discreet. Discreet is me pushing this goddamn red button under the desk. But anyway, yeah, so he calls 911. They come and they tell her, ma'am, you can't stand here in no parking spot and, and hold it. You know, the daughter gets belligerent with the cop. And at some point, my man, I showed it to my man. He goes, yo, she spit at him. I said, she spit at him? And the cop kind of tells her, yo, I'm going to talk to you because you the adult in this situation. You know, lead her better, A. And B, yo, your daughter is way disrespectful and way out of line. And that's kind of the energy that I was picking up here of like, yo, yo. Like, you know, these women are way out of line. No man would do this because he'd understand this is a punchable offense. You know, I done drove 10, 15 minutes, circled the block. I'm looking for parking. Like, I'm looking. It just is what it is, you know. It is what it is, you know. I beat you to the spot. And I mean, there's some dumbasses that I'm sure would argue, well, she actually beat you. She was standing there. But again, she's not a car. She's not a goddamn transformer. So I did beat her to the spot. But yeah, man, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's nasty out here because as long as they got these outdoor dining, these sheds, these shacks in the street, 
you know, those eat up three or four parking spots. Then the thing that happens over in Harlem, where I live lately, is they've been shooting a lot of movies and, 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 and TV shows. So, you know, <laughs> Ryan Coogler and his sets, uh, you know, but no, seriously, they've been shooting, they've been shooting Raising Canaan a lot in Harlem. So you'll come and there'll just be three blocks of no parking because they're shooting Raising Canaan and they need to use the street, you know, so there's, there's, that's been happening a lot and eating up a lot of parking along with these outdoor dining shacks and different things that are eating up parking spots, you know, and that I'm like, yeah, we might want to get rid of them or I'm going to have to do something bad to somebody in their car because I got to keep fighting for parking but then you go shit they wasn't shooting no movies in Philly when you got your shit took but again yeah I'm going I'm to I'm 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 throw this up on you know the my platform here and I think I'm going to link y'all to the cops taking that girl away because it's, it's something y'all need to see and like I said ladies I, I kind of got to pandering to her early to you know to say this man don't really i got into r&b ralph transvant mode because i said this this girl he don't really care about you why would he endanger you like this a real man wouldn't do such things a real man would get out the car and fight me a real man would quite honestly just just park where you you know first come first serve basis if somebody beat you to it, then the better man won that day. It is what it is. I would never have a woman stand in that spot. I, like I said, I would understand if a dude got out and wanted to get physical about that. And like I told you, in this video that I'm going to attach, boy, homeboy called the cops. So I didn't call him because Poppy no snitch. But we're going to end on that note. I got some shows coming up. Minnesota with Alonzo Bolton. I think March 26th, so at the end of this month, 26th, 27th, 27th, 28th-ish. So, you know, just follow me on social media. You'll see me post the exact date, but I do believe it's the 26th and 27th. And uh, what else I got? Oh, I got New York Comedy Club on the 15th here. So I think that's tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow night I got New York Comedy Club. I think at 8, or it might be the 7 o'clock show. You'll see me post that too. Also, and I got a comic strip live. Uh, let me give y'all an exact date because I'm, I'm trying to rattle these off the top. But obviously, my off the top is a little rusty because I'm getting old and having to fight for parking spots. I'm getting old. March 20th. 8 o'clock, I got the comic strips, so pull up to any one of these shows and uh, show some love. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to get back to releasing on Mondays. I got my other podcast running concurrently or simultaneously with But I Don't Know, though, podcast. That's me and Avery Mason. Uh, Avery Mason from Power, from the uh, series that keeps taking up parking on my block. The series before Raising Canaan, 
the original power, Avery Mason, uh, my podcast partner for But I Don't Know, though, which I'm excited. We got some actually video, which I got away from the audio format. We did some video, went, sat down in the studio and did it officially this week. So you'll you'll see that, which we've been telling people for the better part of a year that we were going to get in the studio, you know, and that the pandemic was holding us back. But it appears that it's gone away, gone away for everybody but Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Let that man play, uh, Eric Adams. The, gar- the garden or the arena even started cheering, you know, free Kyrie. So hopefully that happens and we can get some fair playoff series. And Anyway, so yeah, pull up to a show, like, share, subscribe. Like all my podcast endeavors, and uh, thanks for listening. Leave a comment, rate, review.